Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. I am Clyde Smith. And I am Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we're discussing the trailers for Lightyear. The Unforgiven in our movie of the week, The Margin. Mr. V. Lobos. Yes, sir. Another week, brother. What's going on, man? Talk to me. I just uh was just chilling. I was watching some some Saved by the Bell, actually. Oh wow! The, Let's go. The, the new one on on Peacock. Oh, you're still rocking out with that Peacock channel. How's that going? Uh, I mean, I got it for a month, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from whatever date uh, Halloween came out, like a month till that date. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Anything else good on there? I mean, it's got a lot of different stuff. I haven't dove into it much. I just, for some reason, I just was like. Oh yeah, say, the new Saved by the Bell series is on there. I'm in episode one. I watched about 20 minutes of it. It's given me enough. I'm gonna keep watching it. The but. new Saved by the Bell. Okay, okay. okay. Where like I mean, uh, that's something I will not be tuning into myself. But I'm glad you 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 enjoy it, man. That's not too bad so far. All right. We'll see if it has a, a downhill downhill thing or not. <laughs> well, let's talk about downhill for a second, man. Mm-hmm. Um. I think we got to dive into the shit show of last Friday. <laughs> this past Friday. Oh, man. Like four right. days ago. All right. Since since I uh, I was the first one on the journey for the night, I'll, I'll kick it off. <laughs> <laughs> so we were going to the movies, right? We were going to meet up, watch Eternals. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the first clue right there of where the night was going. <laughs> <laughs> So, me and my wife, we go to the movie. We go in, we scan our, I scan the pass, we get our popcorns, we get our drinks, and we head to Auditorium 14, go in, walking up, about to get my seat, and <laughs> Michael Myers is just on there uh, stabbing people. <laughs> uh, 
I was like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know why they're still playing the trailer for this. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's a long-ass trailer. And I, 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 stood, I just stood there and just watched it. And I was like, yeah, this isn't the trailer. We, this, is the, this is the full movie. Okay, so, so I, this is before I got there. Did you yeah, guys yeah. sit down? <laughs> no, no, we didn't sit down. <laughs> like, I was standing on the, the, the aisle on the side and was just watching, like, okay, it's like, you know, I think it was like 10 minutes or so till the movie was supposed to start. <laughs> so I walked back out. Me and wife were standing outside the theater with our popcorn and drinks, right? Just standing there trying to figure out what's going on. So one of the, the workers is walking by. So I pull him into our situation, right? I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, trying to figure out, you know, what, what's happening. It's like, okay. So, so he's like, you know, show me my ticket or whatever. So I pull my ticket up my phone. And we both look at it. And then I just put my phone down. I'm like, I just, just forget, just forget this happened. So this is what October, what was last Friday? October 29th, right? Yeah. Yeah. So me and my wife are walking back to the front, uh, the lobby. And I'm like, man, I got to call Clyde and let him know I'm, I'm a dummy. I just, this embarrassing situation. Cause you know, obviously he's not going to come to the movie till next Friday. Because that's when it's actually showing. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so, as we're walking back to the lobby, you walk in the door. Just, just excited. Like, I just don't walk excited. in the door, bro. I am pumped for this movie, dude. I am super excited. <laughs> ready to go. Oh, you know, God. and I, I you know, oh, I... I love Regal Starlight. Regal Starlight, if you're, you're hearing this, you guys are my favorite theater um, in this area. But there's an older gentleman who scans the tickets. <laughs> he don't, I don't think looks at it. He don't care. Um, there's there's an older gentleman. And he does his thing, which <laughs> like I think he just scans and doesn't really read anything. I think he just waits for the beep. He he kind of tells you where you need to go, but he's not like checking dates and times. As long as the thing scans, okay, you're good wherever it says. So he he scans mine, tells me where to go. And I'm off to the concession stand, you know, large popcorn, large bottle of water, trying to stay away from soda. It's super late at night as well. I run right into you guys, and I'm like, hey, you guys ready for this? And you're just like, no. no nobody's ready for this. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody's ready. It's Not even week. the theater itself is ready. <laughs> so I talked to the lady behind the concession stand. And she's like, oh, you're fine. Just come back next Friday. I was yeah. like, well, dude already scanned my ticket. And she's like, oh. Don't worry about it. It didn't go through. So that tells me right there, like, what the hell is his job? <laughs> right? I yeah. was really upset about that. Like, is he really scanning or not scanning? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. But either way, <clears throat> if I have to buy another ticket, it's free. So that's yeah, what's going to True, true, true. So we both punted. Well, the best part was, like like I say, like, we were walking back in the lobby. I'm like, oh, man, I got to call Clyde. He's going to laugh at me about this one. Your ass walked in the door. Just the right biggest smile on my that. face ever, bro. <laughs> so you ended up going to so, see... Uh, yeah, so we both had to punt because obviously we both were not watching Eternals before yeah. November 5th. So, yeah, man, that new Edgar Wright movie, uh, Last Night in Soho, mm -hmm. I did, did want to talk about that for a few minutes. And um, Edgar Wright, one of my favorite directors, has a visual style like n none other. Um Shaun of the Dead, um, The World's End, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm -hmm. 
just a fantastic director. Uh, Last Night in Soho, man, the same exact thing, bro. Awesome. Uh, just a great thriller about North London. Just fantastic, bro. It's just fun. It's creepy. It tells a fantastic story. Um, and the biggest thing is just the visual style that he has keeps you engaged, man. Last Night in Soho is a fantastic flick. Highly recommend seeing that in theaters, guys. Well, so what movie yeah. did you go see, man? You and you well, and, and the lady. That's what's really important here. Yeah. I mean, if, if it would have just been me, I probably would have went and saw the other movie with you because I know that was one we were talking yeah. about going to see. But mm-hmm. me and my wife were standing there with humongous buckets of popcorn and drinks already, so... <laughs> like that 40 minute delay just wasn't going to work. So we decided to go see Ghostbusters 1984. Let's uh, go, man. Which, when we were there for um, Dune, I remember seeing that on there that they were going to be playing it. And I wanted to go yeah. see it anyway. So it kind of just worked out, I guess, mm-hmm. that it happened that way. But man, seeing that movie in a theater like that Dude. was awesome. And it looked fantastic, dude. It looked see, that's, awesome. that's one that we didn't get to see because we were not alive yet, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it was what it was, you know? It was on, on TV. When you see it on TV, sometimes you get, like, kind of that remaster look to it. Yeah. Dude, it was awesome. It was really awesome to see that on the big screen. Dope. Dope, man. Dope, dope, dope. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but uh, we have some... Uh, some awesome Ghostbusters stuff we're going to be doing in, in the near future. So mm-hmm. hang on to your seats or oh, your yeah. AirPods. I don't know what you're using to listen to this. If you're sitting down with your AirPods in, whatever, just hold on to them, okay? Uh, it's going to be fantastic stuff, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, man. So I uh, sent us a few trailers Mm-hmm. To review this week. Let's talk about this. Uh, it's gonna sound really weird, but uh, this sexy ass Buzz Lightyear, man, come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, you got Chris Evans. I mean, come on. The dream boat. <laughs> Even though it's just his, just his voice. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was just his voice, man, he looked good as a a Pixar cartoon. Yeah, just kind of slight research on it because i didn't I was just kind of curious as what it was about and apparently it's about the story of the astronaut that inspired the toy yeah i mean you know I, obviously buzz lightyear is a um toy but yeah yeah this is the story of the man if buzz lightyear was like a real person yeah. and not just a, a toy from toy story um, his trials and tribulations on becoming a, whatever they are, what, I don't even know what they are, but an astronaut, a range, a space ranger, space I think is ranger. what it is. There it is. That's what it is. Space ranger. Boom. Yep. Got it. Guys, give us three hours. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, but yeah, his trials and tribulations of becoming a space ranger, man. It's, it's, I think it's Pixar just up in their game. Yeah. Taking, uh, properties that they already have and kind of doing one-off movies and stuff like that. This is really cool to start out with, man. Going back to Pixar's beginning and taking one of their most beloved characters, you know, there's talk that it's like, oh my God, why is it not Tim Allen voicing him and stuff like that? 
Because it's Tim not, Allen voices the toy. Exactly. Exactly. Not the man, right? <laughs> you don't have Kevin Conroy who voiced Batman in the animated series actually playing him in real life. So it's just you can't you can't you can't do both, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't cannot do both there. But yeah. no man, this this looks fun. Yeah, I'm uh I'm real real curious to see the story that he speaks about so much in the movie actually come to life finally. <laughs> you know, oh, he yeah. brags so much about being a space ranger and, and all that stuff in the Toy Story movies. This is going to be but fun. Really, just a little light bulb that blinks, man. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> and it looks really awesome. I mean, Pixar's animation is just ridiculous in some of these movies. Top of their game, man. Yeah. Top of their game, and it keeps getting better year after year, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about this this uh, Sandy B movie, man, Sandy that I, I sent you. The Unforgiven. This is going to be another uh, Netflix drop later on this year. I only got a only got a two months left. Yeah, but it's uh, I think it was right coming out on on the Netflix. Is it this month that it was coming out? Something like that. Something like that. Uh this is a story of a woman who is in jail forever. When she finally gets out, she's just trying to get her life back together and also know her sister. It's not her daughter. It's her sister, right? Yeah, yeah. So actually releases yeah, December man. 10th on Netflix. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, man. What were your thoughts? It's going to be kind of interesting to see her in this role, I think. Because she's not really playing, like, anything you would really think of her being. She's, like, she's basically a murderer, right? Um, I think I got from yeah. it that she, she murdered a cop and she's been in prison for 20 years. So she's trying to build herself back into society after spending 20 years in prison. So, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a uh, interesting journey to see that because, you know, I mean, that's it's a very real life thing for people when they get out of prison. And it looks like she's going to use her sister to kind of ground everything for her. Like she wants to kind of start that life back that she had before she went to prison. Yeah. And she gets told like multiple times in this trailer that that can't happen. She's got to she's got to get over the fact and realize she's tagged as a cop killer the rest of her life, basically. Yeah, man. Let's let's talk about Sandy B. Real real quick, man. I don't want to spend too much time. Definitely, we'll be seeing this one when it drops on the flicks. But we'll talk about um, her all day. I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but she, like me and a coworker, we were talking about this as well. Like she's been taking on some interesting roles as of late. Yeah. Um, you know, it's stuff that she's creating that she's producing as well. And I'm all about it, bro. Hmm. Like I love it when actors do things out of their wheelhouse, you know? Yeah. She's good at the rom-coms. We, we know that, you know, oh, yeah. she can do some action stuff. We know that as well. You know, she can she can take a young Michael Orr uh, under her her wing and have him become an NFL great left tackle. Like we know that she can do all that, but like this role <laughs> is different and fun. I th- and, and fun, like this is gonna be a really deep movie. But when I say the right. word fun, is to see the character, you know, that, that she kind of dives into, mm-hmm. and we get lost. That like, yeah, we're watching Sandy B, but. Like she's a totally different person than the yeah. roles that she usually is, man. She is on top of her game, and I love 
I love the scripts that she is uh, producing and, and starring in, man. She's just a fun, fun person to watch. All right, man. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into this week's movie. You ready? Yeah, man. Let's get it done. <clears throat> Good deal. So we have The Martian. I'm going to tell you guys right now. Man, this was a ride. Uh, this movie was released in 2015. Just a few other movies that were released that year. Uh, True Story, Solace, The Hateful Eight, Black Mass, Focus, Selfless, Paper Towns, The Gift, and Sicario. Man, that Sicario was a fantastic movie. If you've not seen Sicario, highly re- recommend. Um... <clears throat> The Martian was directed by Ridley Scott, written by uh, the great Drew Goddard. This had a budget of $108 million, and it brought on the box office $630.2 mil. Dude, just Bank. killed it. I was in the theater for this. Bank. Front row. It was the only seat left in the house, but I, I was like in there. Down front. Neck walked, like, all right next to the, the screen. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, I'm seeing this movie, bro. Oh, yeah. Whether I have to go to the chiropractor <laughs> after or not. You got to check it out. <laughs> I was there. I was definitely was there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Starting this one, we had Matt Damon as Mark Watney. Jessica Chastain as Commander Melissa Lewis. Kristen Wiig as Annie Montrose. Jeff Daniels as Theodore Teddy Sanders. Michael Pena as Major Rick Martinez. Sean Bean as Mitch Henderson, Kate Mara as Beth Johansson, Sebastian Stan as Dr. Chris Beck, uh, Axel Henney as Dr. Alex Vogel, Mackenzie Davis as Mindy Park, Benedict Wong as Director Bruce, and Donald Glover as Rich Purnell. It's a lot of people. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the right biggest here, ones. Bro. That's one of the biggest ones so far. And what sucks is they're all all very key characters in the whole movie <laughs> they really are like everybody yeah i was looking at the list role, like bro. okay i can i can probably no i gotta say everybody that's that guy talk about everybody. <laughs> everybody got a damn key role um wait till we do the lord of the rings bro that, that's gonna suck okay <laughs> that might have to be a two-parter like the movies yes yes we're gonna have to do that man uh, go ahead and give us a quick synopsis <laughs> so we can jump into this movie. Uh, I catch my breath after all those stars. Uh, a man is left on the red planet after his team has to abort their mission during a severe s- dust storm. Uh, he's assumed dead after he was hit by some debris. But months later, it's discovered that he's still alive and doing okay under the circumstances. So he proceeds with his mission and survives off a potato-based diet. Until he is rescued by his team. That's it. Let's wrap it up. All right, guys. All right, let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of (laughs) of Movie the Pod, guys. That was it. That was it. (laughs) No, man, let's go ahead and uh, hop into this, man. So we got this uh, NASA crew, the Ares 3, and they're on Mars. You know, we catch them in the beginning, and they're doing Mark is out there with some people and they're doing a you know geology mission collecting i don't know nasa stuff <laughs> dirt uh 
making stuff. You know, I don't know what the hell yeah. they're doing, but I it looks really interesting. Yeah, they're just pulling. Thank you. What does he say? That one of them tells them, "Hey, look, he discovered dirt." <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like pulling dirt samples or whatever all around. It's a pretty funny movie too, actually. Oh, dude, just hilarious the entire time. So, <laughs> uh, during this this them shoveling dirt around, uh, they actually have to do a quick leave during a bad storm. And uh, they have they end up leaving Mark Watney behind, thinking that he's dead. He gets struck by debris, and they think this gentleman has died. Yeah, yeah. You know, after uh, NASA tells the world that he died, we the audience uh, we find that he is alive and trying to stay alive. <laughs> and I use the term "not trying to stay alive." We'll jump into that. Yeah. Definitely here in a little bit, man. Uh, but just with this plot, the, the movie does a fantastic job of painting three pictures, right? Mm-hmm. We got Watney on the red planet Mars and his struggle to survive. We have the guilt and the feelings of his fellow astronauts thinking that they, you know, could have still did something, mm-hmm. left him behind to, to die. And then when they actually find out that he is alive, just the guilt of just leaving them him there, right? Yeah. And then you have NASA and all these other programs, JPL, um, uh, and some other programs as well, and how they just kind of coordinate and come together to uh, bring our guy Watney home, man. Yep. So, so what really Scott does, right? He has basically three different segments, and he just throws them in weaves them into this great story man. yeah they're all they're all so good on their own too yeah good god like th- this literally could have been three separate movies yeah. right <laughs> but yeah. it's all tapestry together man that's what is so great about it so and let's I, go ahead and jump in, into these characters unless you have something else to say sir well yeah i was just gonna say i really enjoyed how they move through the movie they don't put you through a lot of the the I guess what would you say the, the monotony of getting from a plan of getting the plan together to executing the plan they take all that out like while NASA's working on something we're seeing Mark work on his end yeah and while Mark's in the middle of doing something you know moving equipment or something like that we're on the other end seeing what NASA's doing and they just yeah. they just take all that out, and it, it just really keeps you moving through the whole movie. That was one of my favorite keeps parts it moving. About it. Yeah, yeah. So it keeps it moving. It's fast paced in that regard. Yeah. In like a lot of like sci fi movies, which there's a lot of science to this, not really fiction. Uh, like right. If we could make it to Mars, this could actually really happen. Um, and it is really believable. Uh, but all the science crap, like they put it in there because it is that type of movie, and it is NASA. Um. Yep. But they made it so cool, though, and just di- digestible and made it so us normal people in layman's term can understand. Yeah. That was really, really cool about it, man. They had the key characters in every scenario where that person's like, okay, can you tell me in a simpler way? Because that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that helped us out a lot, too. Yeah, man. Let's go ahead and jump into these characters, bro. Matt Damon as Mark Watney. Talk to me, brother. He was the movie, dude. Yeah, The Martian. 
the, the man that can pretty much put on a show all by himself on steel cameras, like GoPro cameras, with yeah. just <laughs> like objects and laugh so hard. Like I was laughing this whole movie. It dude was hilarious. <laughs> it, it's actually cool, like watching him. You know, he he's the botanist, right? So first thing he starts thinking of is, you know, how I survive. How am I gonna, you know, uh, grow food on Mars? The way it kind of takes you to that process, it takes it through you really quick. But like you said, it's real simple. Yeah. And just to kind of watch that and watch him, like I said, be on his own and and kind of log in his life through that. The video feed, the video log, was just awesome to see this dude just push through that, and one man just keep you entertained and keep you laughing, and really makes you enjoy the movie. You're like rooting for this guy the whole time. Like, what's he gonna do next? Where's he gonna go? You know, I hope he, I hope he makes it because he's awesome. You're right? <laughs> yeah, man. He's he's definitely the smartest man on Mars, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's uh... he's the best scientist, best botanist. <laughs> he's yeah. Yeah, he's he's a botanist, uh, part of the Ares Three team, who decides to not die on Mars, and he's gonna science the shit out of this, <laughs> right? <laughs> just fa- like these are like fantastic lines that like Matt mm-hmm. Damon just d- delivers, and like you know Matt Damon can, can play the cool guy, he can play the tough guy. Um, this he was like just this nerd scientist, mm-hmm. uh, but he just played him so cool though, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? I'm in the situ- I'm in the scenario. Yeah, this sucks, but uh, I'm sorry, Mars. I'm not going to die on you. It could have easily been a lot darker movie at the same time. Even though you're kind of watching him slowly, you know, have his his situations through the movie, you know, trying to make sure he's got enough food. And you kind of see him body kind of deteriorating over the, you know, the time he's there. Yeah. He still keeps that kind of upbeat. So you're still like, oh, man, this guy's going through some mess, but you're still laughing at him because he's just trying to keep it i guess as positive as he can you just feel for this guy man yeah. i think you're you're right you know when he's at his high points right when he is uh making the potatoes and finding all the stuff from the rest <laughs> of the crew uh just the, the funny shit that he says the whole time man it just makes you you laugh but yeah. any other guy you know anybody else i wonder if like anybody else on that crew uh, of the Aries three, right? Like they they would like descend in, into madness yeah. during this time, right? But he keeps an upbeat personality, and you you're 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 there with him. You feel that you you want to root for him, and you feel so sad for him when the bad shit does happen because yeah. there's bad shit that happens in this movie to him. But your protagonist, your your main character, Mark. Watney is the type of guy who's like, all right, this happened. <laughs> I got to figure this out, right? Yeah, I, th- this happened to me. I got to figure this out, man. And literally, it's poop and duct tape that basically saves his life. So, <laughs> yes, that is super accurate. It's those two main <laughs> items. <laughs> Jessica Chastain, Commander Melissa Lewis, Commander and Geologist. Of the Ares three team, everybody, everybody else on the on the crew, you get a little bit of insight into their lives and who they are, mainly through Mark going through their stuff. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And with and with uh, Lewis, uh, she is a lover of disco music, bro. Mm-hmm. Mark 
you know, Mark has to entertain himself, and he finds all of her old records or whatever. He just plays them, and it's yeah. all disco music. So that's what he's. That's basically the soundtrack to our movie here <laughs> is disco music, and he hates it the whole time. The whole time, but like, you can. He, but he's also like bobbing to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's like. <laughs> I don't think it's much of a choice, right? Yeah. One thing about her, though, uh, you know, as the commander and the person who did tell her team to lift off after they thought Mark died during that storm, uh, she finds out that Mark is alive. You know, she she feels guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, she's it's on her, and you know, she wants to do everything in her power to get him back. So she's on board for whatever. And oh, I think. Yeah. I think Jessica Chastain in this role, even though it's a small role, it's a very pivotal role. Uh, like we're gonna see with everybody we talk about here, <laughs> um, you know, she is very strong leader, and I like how she talked to her team about like, hey, if we're gonna do this, you know, this is gonna add five hundred more, five hundred plus more days to our mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We gotta do this as a team, man. We no, if we're either all in or we're out. Like, and that just takes true leadership, and she definitely delivered in this role. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Copy. Uh, something that we never talk about are the amazing vehicles in these movies, man, that we watch. I mean, let's talk about our top phase, bro, for a second. Yeah, man. That Ashton Martin DB5 from James Bond, acclaimed, just mm. fantastic. That mm. 89 Batmobile. Tim Burton's Batmobile, Michael Keaton's Batmobile, just yes. badass, iconic. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not a muscle car type of guy, but Eleanor, that 67 Mustang yeah. Shelby GT500 from Gone in 60 Seconds. Whew. Got me there. Oh, that's a perfect car, man. <laughs> you know, and... Probably super iconic, more than any of those other ones, is that DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future. Yeah. Like, that was a character itself, and just fantastic, brother. Just classic dope vehicles that helped out our protagonists get through the, their movie, man. What are some of your favorites? Of course, the DeLorean. 100% agree with that one. Oh, fantastic. Mine are a lot of muscle cars, man. Uh, 1977 Pontiac Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. Fire. Dom's 1970 Charger from the first Fast and the Furious. Interesting fact, I have a photo next to one of those cars that I took at Universal Studios when I was younger. Ooh, ooh, nice. Uh, 1958 Plymouth Fury from Christine. And that Ferrari 250 GT from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Dude, that one from Ferris Bueller's, man, is just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite? Well, it's going to have definitely have to be Dom's Charger overall. Uh, just American muscle. No matter where you go, these things make a statement. Yeah. What about you? Which one would you choose? It's that DB5, man. It's the ultimate spy car. Like, I love James Bond. I always wanted to be a spy. Uh, you know, this car has pop-out gun barrels behind the front headlights, revolving license plate, a champagne cooler in the armrest, smoke screen, oil slick. This car just screams badassery, man. 
Like, I wouldn't use any of those things, but super cool. Let me ask you a question, though. Do you have to have a license to kill to drive it? You know what? You probably should. (laughs) (laughs) All right, team. So we want to hear about your favorite movie vehicles. You know the socials. Movie in a Pod on Facebook and that Movie in a Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Next, uh, Kristen Wiig as Annie Montrose, the director of media relations for NASA. <laughs> Kristen Wiig, hilarious, mm-hmm. funny role. Talk to me, man. This is kind of a uh, a smaller role compared to everybody else. Yeah. When she's in there, she's funny. She's the one that's like, every time these people talk, you know, whether it's like Jeff Daniels or, uh, you know who I left off the list? Our guy from Chit, last week. What had you for? Damn it, boy. <laughs> well, he's on Vincent. there. For some reason, he got pushed down like underneath something else. I don't know what happened. Uh, either way, I'll, I'll I'll just cut it in. I'll just make a weird voice. Yeah. Like, I'll make it so it doesn't match at all. Chit, what had you for? Completely different from the way I you say it. You put some else. respect on this guy's name one day, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Last week, you're like, I don't know who this guy is. This week, you're like, I'm just going to leave him. He's a main character. I'm going to leave him out of the damn movie. I have really disrespected him two episodes in a row, so I apologize. <laughs> Mr. Edgier 4. There you go. So, back to Kristen. Uh, she's the one who has to deal with these people when they talk. So, she's just yeah. she's there. She talks a little bit, but as these... Um, you know, more of the head of the departments are speaking pretty much after every time they talk, she's like, well, that wasn't good. Right. Or <laughs> you, you can't say that <laughs> even though it's already been said, yeah. but she's just kind of, she's kind of a little bit of a comic relief in a lot of the, uh, more tense conversations that everybody's having. Yeah. She was definitely like fun to watch yeah. <laughs> in this role. Uh, like you said, cause it was a bunch of space mumbo jumbo science stuff. And, you know, as the, the director of media relations, she has to she's the one who has to regurgitate this stuff to CNN, to Fox, <laughs> to ABC, you know, to all these media outlets and stuff. So she's like, yeah, that's that's not going to work for me, boys. OK, like, OK, let's. <laughs> and like very pivotal role again, because it gives us, the audience, who are not space cadets, right? We're not Buzz yeah. Lightyear. We don't understand this stuff. We're not space rangers um, to understand exactly what's going on. And because she's in the room and she asked for them to dumb it down, um, we understand. And yeah. we're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So, very cool, <laughs> little man. Uh Jeff Daniels, Teddy Sanders, the the admin uh, administrator for NASA. Uh, this guy has the weight of the world on mm-hmm. his shoulders after Mark Watney is presumed dead. Uh, Jeff Daniels, he's just like... There's something about Jeff Daniels is that when he is in front of a camera, one, he looks like a badass, <laughs> um, no matter what he's doing. Yeah. But two, when he the way that he delivers lines, you're just like, shit, yeah, dude, Mark's dead. Like, there's there's no coming back for this guy. <laughs> and then when he has to go out there and do it again when Mark's alive, he's just like, all right, yeah, Mark's alive, and it looks like they're uh they're, they're, they're taking care of it. Shit, yeah. okay, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, even just, like even though his character Teddy had no plan whatsoever, <laughs> right? <laughs> I had to get him back. 
Oh, he's just so believable, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's got just one of those voices that you when you hear, you know who it is. And whether he's being funny or being serious, it, it just it kind of lands all the same, right? Very strong. And you're just like, shit, okay. The yeah, director exactly. of uh, the administrator of NASA. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the reason why we made it to this movie here, um, our holdover from last week, uh, Chitwell Ejiofor as Vincent Kapoor. What do you think about this guy, man, in this role? A lot better than last week's role. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't say that. He was actually, I mean, he was always a good actor in that one as well. But a lot of screen time, very important piece of the whole thing, right? He's kind of the... The, the chain between uh, Mark and the mission to save Mark. You know, he, he's there when they see that Mark's moving, right? Mark, they start noticing that things are moving on Mars. He's there when they start communicating. He's delivering messages. He's pushing that this guy is alive. We need to do whatever we can. We got to get him home. We got to do this. We're going to do that. And really pushes for basically any plan anybody has he's behind it as long as it gets this guy home yeah man he is his central focus is to make sure mark is mentally physically okay yeah healthy um and like what's the fastest most safest way that we can get this man home right we cannot leave him up there um, he's at the forefront, man. You know, uh, Edgy of Four, you know, brings this gravitas to this role where it's just like, yeah, we got all this science crap happening, and this guy's a genius as well as the director of the Ares Project. Um, but he has a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not only does he want to get back up to Mars to finish this project that he's doing, you know, as the director of these Aries Mars projects. But as soon as he find Mark, man, there is this, um, light switch that goes off in him. He's just like, let's go. You know, he goes out there to Pasadena to, uh, JPL. Um, he's at the forefront of every single conversation, every single thing to get this man home. Um, even the, uh, rich Purnell, uh, whatever his thing was, man, which was cool that we'll talk about this in a few moments here, but mm-hmm. even that move, um, you know, Vincent was just there for all that, man. He was just kind of connected every little piece mm-hmm. together to get this man home. And that was really cool to watch, man. So, uh, we got, we have a lot of, um, uh, Michael Pena is a major Rick Martinez. He's the pilot for the Aries three mission. We got some other people in there as well, man. But I like outside of really Jessica Chastain, they were really minor roles. Like Michael Pena w- was cool, Sebastian Stan was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two, you know, they were just there. But I want to talk about this guy, man. I well, even with the crew, I mean, all, all of them don't they come together? Their their big highlight is the very end of the movie the rescue yeah so throughout the whole thing they're just they're there they're talking they're making a couple decisions but you don't see much of them not not enough to to really worry about until they're doing their rescue mission you know and 
it's it's great that you bring that up because the person I want to talk about, Sean Bean, who is the uh, Hermes flight director, and Hermes is the name of the ship that the crew is on coming home. He's basically the voice for them. Mm-hmm. He's basically gets the most screen time voicing them because he knows the crew and obviously as the director of the flight director, he has to meet with everybody and have conversations and have a relationship with them. This guy is pushing for his team. Mark's mm-hmm. part of his team. Lewis is his commander of this team, and he wants them to know as soon as they know, as NASA finds out that Mark is alive, he wants to tell the team, yeah. but NASA decides not to do it. He thinks that's wrong, and he makes a lot of all his decisions that Sean Bean makes, Mike Mitch Henderson, um, in this movie, is for the greater good of his team. That's his focal point. That's what he's about, um, and he inevitably gets fired mm. because he tells his team to do something and to go get Mark, but basically g- yep. gives him, gives the, <laughs> the idea, plants the idea to go get Mark. Yeah. Sean, Sean Bean has a reputation for one being the villain mm-hmm. in a lot of things and two dying in a lot of movies. <laughs> he didn't physically die in this movie, but like his career did, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so it's like Sean Bean. It, it continues for you, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little adjacent, but it's it's about the same. You're no longer in the movie after that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What's the difference? When we do The Martian 2, you're not going to nope. be there, bro. You're, you're gone. You're out. <laughs> I don't know how the hell we let this happen again yeah. with Home Alone 2, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Let's jump over here to uh, Mackenzie Davis as uh, Mindy Park. Uh, she's a satellite planner in Mission Control, man. Uh, she's there, but I think the cool thing about her is Vincent sends her the, the coordinates to see the mapping, and it's her to kind of see Soul 18 to Soul 54, and there's, like, movement going yeah. on. That's like us. You know, she's a very normal person like us, even though she works for NASA and does mapping and stuff. Mm-hmm. We as the audience is there with her as she's like unraveling and seeing this, and we're like, yep. "Oh shit! They they just found out this." Like we already know as an audience he's still alive, but we don't know that they know. And then she does this, and it's like, "Oh shit! Mark is alive." Yeah, and things just spiral out of control, man. So like I said, Mackenzie Davis, small role. Um, they're in very focal points of the movie. Yeah, it was a lot bigger role than I I thought it was going to turn out to be. Like after yeah. the initial. Oh, he's moving. But she was in it all the way to the end after that. Like, yeah. Like, she went from just watching this map to you have complete control over where this satellite goes. I take that back when I said you're right. He did. Teddy did give yeah. her that. Like, she was, she was like the point person to basically watch Mark and all of his movements from the satellites. Yeah. She's, she's keeping, keeping track of how far he That's was traveling, right, yeah. you know, his, uh, I guess his habits, because she was watching him. You know, she's like, he goes this far, then he comes back. Goes this far, then goes back. So she, it was a bigger role than I expected. It turned out, <laughs> I thought she was just going to be there for, you know, the girl sitting at the computer and says, hey, something's going on. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, nah, she ended up doing a lot, man. All right. What about our boy, uh, Benedict Wong as uh, <laughs> Bruce? Bruce Bruce, director of JPL, <laughs> Jet Propulsion Laboratory, man. Uh, this dude looks like, I think it looks like Benedict Wong, like prepared for this role for not sleeping for like seven years. Okay. <laughs> he just looks tired. 
the entire movie, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I I say that like obviously not as as a diss or anything on like his looks or whatever. But that was the role. His role was to get these damn rockets together asap. And yeah. Teddy kept on. He's like telling Teddy like, yeah, we'll get it done in thirty days. Teddy's like, you got two weeks, damn it, right? Yeah. So he so he just goes. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll make it. We'll happen. get it done. <laughs> we'll get it done. But I like I like him in this role, man, because there's a lot of science mumbo jumbo stuff that happens, and yeah, like Vincent and Teddy uh, talk about the science, but you actually see um, Bruce and his team at JPL actually do the science. Right, that yes. was cool. So you're seeing this from different angles. And everything's weaved together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really, really cool part. Because you're like, all right, they're talking about it. Oh, then they're going to come over here to Pasadena and apply it. Yeah, this they makes want- sense. Yeah, I guess like when they start kind of modifying equipment and trying to give Mark a plan, they are doing the same thing he's doing on Mars, right? That yeah, was really yeah. cool. So you see them modifying a vehicle and give him the plan to do it, then he's doing it on Mars, replicate it. That was awesome. I really enjoyed that. And it's and it's like in the, the camera is cut, like uh, interwoven between yeah. Mark doing it and them doing it in Pasadena at JPL, right? And just going back and forth, even to the point of he's like Mark's like, Yeah, man, I have the smartest minds yeah. uh and everything helping me out and the best they can come out with is uh, tell me to drill a hole in my car or, you know, whatever, hit it with a rock or whatever or it was, right? And then hit it with a rock, right? <laughs> and you see them doing that in the shop and you see him doing that on Mars, man. Uh, like I said, that was just really cool added to the movie here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to wrap up uh, the characters. I don't know if you had anybody else, but I was going to talk about uh, my man, Donald Glover. Did you have anybody else before nope. we wrap up with him? No, nope, that's good. Dude, let's talk about this kid, man. Uh, Donald Glover is Rich Purnell. He's a JPL astrodynamicist. Did I say that correctly? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm so with, he's that I'm guy, him, right? Um. And and he's the one who figures out how safely they can get Mark home. It's mm-hmm. very, very, very small but important role for Donald Glover here, mm-hmm. where he basically does the slingshot and just him in that in that boardroom, that meeting room with all these heavy hitters. Right, you have Chitwell Edgy of Four right here. You have Kristen Wiig. You have Sean Beam. Right. You have. Uh, Jeff Daniels, and you have Donald Glover in there, bro. He's just like <laughs> this, like JPL kid, and he's just fantastic in this role. How he just explains it, and you're just like, oh, oh, okay. They dumbed it down for us again. Thank you. Now we know how the hell they're gonna get Mark home. <laughs> like, just super cool, man. A lot of his roles are are kind of small, but dude's hilarious, man. He's just got like that that thing about him where you're just looking at him. He could be acting kind of goofy, and he can sell it very well. Or he can be kind of serious and also sell it very well. Yeah, and this was a a, uh, a nice mix of the two, right? He's being, yeah. being, being very funny because he is that type of character in here. Mm-hmm. But he's serious, like, yo, I know my shit. My, yeah. my math works out. Like, this is how we get Mark home. 
Uh, let's do it. So yeah, I, straight, I, I, straight I just, to I the point. Uh, I don't care who you are. This is I'm gonna tell you my plan, and I don't. I, don't really I love what there he was in the room, and he was talking to Teddy, and he was like, "I'm sorry, what you're gonna be Earth? What's your what's your name again?" He goes, "I'm uh, Teddy Sanders, the administrator for NASA." Oh, okay, cool. What's up, Teddy? Like, you know, he was just super, <laughs> super chill. Like, he didn't know who that was. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to be your boss one day, bro. You should know what my name is. So, yeah, man. So, let's jump over here. Uh, just sets real quick. Um, obviously, we have NASA. We have JPL. And we have this big, beautiful red rock called, called Mars. I mean, I don't know about you, JV, but I have never, ever been to Mars. It's on my bucket list. Maybe right. Elon Musk or, you know, Richard Branson would, like, take take us or something right. one of these days. But I can imagine it looks like this. This looks desolate, vast, beautiful, and, and lonely. And you get that feeling from Mark the entire movie. When it's hot outside, you, you like, feel it, right? Him just huffing, right. puffing. Uh, the the sweating when he finally goes back in time is able to take off all his his equipment, and then those sub zero temps at night, oof, mm-hmm. man, that would really really suck. Where he has to call it to save, he's gonna risk power just to uh, heat his balls, <laughs> basically <laughs> when he's in the rover. Right? Yeah, he's like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. <laughs> you know the the set. You know you call that the set of Mars. He's stuck to this certain perimeter around around that hub right because his rover can't go that far because it's got to recharge and yeah so that also puts you kind of in that solitude of this dude's on this planet where nothing's there but he's still stuck in this little tiny you know little tiny town basically (laughs) kind of thing yeah he can only go so far and he can only do so much but when he's like when he's traveling towards the end of the movie, I like how we see like a lot of the storms and stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're showing like tornadoes and stuff like in the back and he's like traveling kind of in between the storms. That was really awesome. I thought that was a nice detail during his journey. It really was right. And it's, it's very kind of small because you're just kind of wanting, you're just basically wanting to see him and him make his move mm-hmm. uh, to this site. So he can hopefully, jettison off of the site but just to see those small details like mars is a wild place bro (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i think i'm good i think i'm actually like now that you bring that up i think i'm good bro like i'm gonna be right here (laughs) and if i if i want to visit mars i'll just watch the martian again yeah i mean like and then i'm I'm good perfect so (laughs) all right boss um what this movie is about man the the theme of this movie um you know, I this is probably my third, fourth time watching this movie in its entirety. It's one of those movies that it does come on FX a lot, mm-hmm. um, and when it is on FX, I just stop what I'm doing and I watch it because it's just so fantastic. But it is about you know what I said earlier, uh, the disco song "Staying Alive," right? <laughs> yeah, it's that's really what it's about, man. It's it's about a man's. Uh, decision to not give up and and to basically, you know, science this up mm-hmm. and do everything that he can to survive and to figure things out. And just, he even says in the movie at the end, 
you know, when there's a when there's a problem. All right, you have the problem in front of you. You figure out the problem. You figure out how to get through and solve the problem. You just go on to the next thing, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what this movie was about. That was exactly what it from the standpoint of Mark Watney on Mars. That's it from the the NASA crew, mm-hmm. and that's it from uh, the Ares three. Uh, Hermes crew, right? Yeah. Everybody was just like, "All right, there's an issue, there's a problem. How do we get through it, man?" That's what this movie is about. It's about persevering and uh, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, JV. So that is our conversation about The Martian. Talk to me, man. Uh, or your thoughts and ratings on this bad boy. You know, um, we talked about if I had ever seen it before the last pod, and uh, I think I saw part of it. I never watched okay. this movie in its entirety. Um, yeah. But man, great movie. Yeah. Really, really good movie, man. I I was in it from start to finish. I was laughing. My wife was asking, "What's so funny?" I'm like this guy's in space. He's you know growing potatoes with poop, and <laughs> he's hilarious, even when he's doing that. <laughs> I'm gonna give this one a five out of five, man. I'm definitely putting this one on the repeat for a few times. It was yeah, great. it was great. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And and just just him, like you know, re- repeating myself again that just him working a solo that solo video log when he was doing that, I think was one of the best parts of the movie because he's just just standing there and just interacting, talking to himself pretty much, and. Yeah joking to himself <laughs> fantastic what about you i like the video logs man the video yeah. logs is like um it almost acts as his um wilson right <laughs> yeah. um i was listening to a podcast earlier with tom hanks actually um he was talking about castaway and the idea for, for wilson and stuff but mm-hmm. The video podcast, the video podcast, excuse me, uh, the GoPros and everything are basically his Wilson and, and his way to talk and get things off his chest and to yeah. alleviate some of those internal struggles that he does have. I think it's and kind of a way for him to, way. to feel like he's progressing too, right? Yeah. Kind yeah. of that, yeah. you know, yeah. okay, I got I to gotta keep documenting all this stuff. So I got to keep doing more. I got to keep on going. And every day I'm talking about it, just kind of keeps them hyped up for the next day. Now, what am I doing tomorrow? Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I love Ridley Scott. I love Drew Goddard, man. And this cast, this cast is just one of the best put together cast for this movie. Cause like you said earlier, everybody is like very important Mm-hmm. pivotal and integral to get to the end of this movie everybody in this movie has a, a specific role that they do and honestly you can't leave anybody off the list of the cast in this nope. movie and you know we get to the conclusion right <laughs> we, yeah. it, right. so it's like a very beautifully put together cast of characters and the actors that, that play these characters were just fantastic man mm-hmm. yeah dude I'm, I'm right there with you this this gives five buckets of popcorn. I love this when I saw it in theaters back in 2015. Even though my neck was messed up and I had to go to the chiropractor for a few weeks, 
<laughs> but you know, I, I I've loved it ever since, man. It's one of those persevering. I'm a sucker for for movies that that pits the main character in this weird scenario, like mm-hmm. Castaway, and seeing them just get through it, man, and, and use their wits. Close to the same yeah. lines. Oh yeah, it's it's Castaway in space. You know what I mean. <laughs> Castaway on Mars, so. Except, you know, Matt Damon was not ever expecting anybody for years. Yeah. Like, he, like he yeah. was just like, okay, I got, like, four years to, to hang out here on Mars. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just wild and, and fun. Yeah, this movie, I actually bought it on Apple TV. I'm probably going to watch it again yeah. sometime this week, man. It's yeah. just that damn good, so. Definitely. <laughs> it's just that damn good. Top-notch writing from Drew Goddard, man. Five buckets. Thank you for subscribing to this week's episode talking through The Martian. Next week, we will be discussing Ghostbusters 2016. And that's streaming on Amazon Prime. I am Clyde Smith. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as I am Clyde D. Smith. I am Javier Villalobos. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MrJ8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.